Spirit Switchboard, airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 New Orleans. Thank you for joining us here on Spirit Switchboard. I am your host, Carrie Lynn Shellhorn, and you are listening to us live on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 New Orleans. Today on the show, we have paranormal investigator, public speaker, educator, and author of A Life with Ghosts, Steve Gonzalez. Thank you for joining us. Hello, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Um, you know, we had a lot of back and forth uh, emails getting you getting a date set uh, for this uh, for this interview. And my sister, I was talking to my sister about it, about you coming on the show. And my sister says he spends every day with me. He's part of our routine every day. My <laughs> nephew. <laughs> turned 16 yesterday and he was he said the same thing he was so excited that you know somebody that they spend time with right uh every day was going to be on and they were so excited and you must see that from a lot of people that they have spent their days with you over the last how many years right yeah absolutely uh, every time I, I meet people i hear those stories and it's really cool a lot of people say uh, you know, uh, and now, of course, they're in their uh, 20s or 30s, but they'll say, right. I've been watching you for as long as I, I remember. And they were little kids. Uh, and now they're adults doing things. And uh, it's it's really cool. Uh, it really Humbling, is. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You have a lot of people saying, uh, you know, it's because of you were even married. They, they met uh, you know, uh, because of our show, it would be their date nights, all these different things. Families come together and, and watch uh, every uh, week. And uh, that's really cool. It's really nice. And uh, it is, like you said, humbling. You just go, me? What are you talking about? <laughs> right? Because we have, even though our jobs are very public, we have a whole separate life outside of this. And so oh, yeah, it's easy to, it's easy to not, not forget because we're always grateful, but it's easy to just to be in our own lane and doing our own thing. And, um, you know, not realizing how important what we are offering to people actually is. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, uh, it, it surprises me too, you know, meeting people in, in, not in a bad way, in a very interesting way, uh, how many people think that, you know, it's just television. Uh, you know, so what do you really do? Well, no, that's what I do. No, I know. What do you do? Well, no, I, I really do that. You do it. It's not just a, a TV show. Like, no, that's that's yeah. What, we what we've always done. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, but it, I it, had it's cool. I had somebody comment to me. Oh, that's 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 really nice that you feel what you do is work. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to, I just, that's exactly what I did. Smiled and nodded. Yeah. 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 Thanks. I mean, very lucky we get to uh, consider Ex it work. 
Exactly. Exactly. There's so many people saying hello. So we're just going to, I'm just going to take a second to say hello to some of the people. Uh, Laura Lee Potvin, oh. she's also um, uh, a host here on the United Public Radio Network. She's got two shows. So she's saying hello to both of us. Hey, hello, Tom hello. and Susan. Hi, Julie. Two shows. No big deal. Yeah, exactly. The Angel Rock and <laughs> okay. uh, the thing at the foot of the bed with her co-host, David Hansel. Hmm. David Hansel. That's a cool name. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hi, Erica. You should write a book. Oh, he's got oh. enough stories too, I'm sure. Hi, Lindsay. Oh, you know, I was thinking we also need to do a shout out to, um, to Michael. Um, because it, I think if you, do you know that game, uh, the parlor game, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So I think we need to do this six degrees of Kane Hodder because <laughs> <laughs> this is how this all came about actually is like the six degrees of Kane Hodder, how this connection actually happened. And, um, it, it's Aloisi. Am I pronouncing that correctly? It is, yeah. That's, yep, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Co-writer uh, on, on uh, Mike, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. uh, and he's he's the one that that got um, that connection started in order to have you on the show today. So I just want to make sure that I say thank you to Michael too for being a part of this, part of the journey, part of the journey for you, and part of the journey for me. Absolutely. Uh, Mike is a, a great dude. Uh, he's a really nice guy. His whole family's uh, really awesome. And um, I was actually a, a bit of a, a fan of his work. You know, I had read Kane's book and, and some of his other uh, work. And, and I approached him for this book, A Life of Ghosts. I was like, hey, man, kind of sheepishly, you know. Uh, and, and But he agreed to. And then we found out that we live uh, neighboring cities, uh, towns, really? one, one town over. Yeah, we didn't even know that. So, like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, really that's cool. fascinating. And now it's part of the six degrees of Kane Hodder story. It's the yeah, new, right? It's the new parlor game. Yep, <laughs> you should turn that into a game. <laughs> six degrees of Kane. For those of you who don't know, he's uh, uh, Jason in the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah. And part of, you know, the Hollywood Ghost Hunters. And and actually, that was how my nephew got so excited about all of this, right? Um, I had met Kane, I, don't, I think it was almost 10 years ago. And my, my nephew is in the autism spectrum. And he loves everything horror movie. Horror movie, he loves all of it, has since he was little. And so I showed him because I wanted to be the coolest aunt ever. Look at this picture of Auntie Carrie Lynn with Kane Hodder. So I was like the coolest person. So the next thank you for being on the show because now it makes me like the coolest dance for day two <laughs> with my ah. with, with my nephew, right? Look at that. See? Uh we're we're here to provide a service <laughs> for, for families right. across the country, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Heather. She's saying, oh, my God, I used to watch Ghost Hunters with my mom before she passed. She would have loved to see oh, this interview. No. So we can't talk to these people. We can only. How do we know how long How long uh, ago did your mom pass? We won't know. She can't answer back. We yep, can't talk she to She can her, answer. Can if you oh. take it. Yeah. 
so to the right of us is all of the the chats will come up and we can highlight them and we can just watch for her as as it's coming up so there's a whole list mm. scrolling on the side there wow okay how sad oh. but it's a oh. good memory at the same time too right like like you said, people watch those shows as family time and getting together and, and they have their own traditions attached to that. You know, Absolutely. Like my sister. It's really sweet. It's really awesome. Yep. Uh, love hearing Hi, those stories. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Um, oh, Heather is uh, just responding to you now. She's saying two years. Hmm. Well, okay. Jeez, that's Still Not there. very long at all with that kind of, yeah, man. I don't know how someone deals with that kind of thing, uh, especially if she, uh, not that you would know by looking at that photo, but uh, she doesn't appear to be like her mom would be coming, uh, you know, very sad. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um. You guys had, so in the States, I'm in Canada, just outside of Toronto. So our Thanksgiving was in October, but you guys had Thanksgiving yesterday. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I sure did. I uh, spent it with family, had some uh, delicious food. And then uh, I came home and hung out with my cat. Uh, she's right next to me. If you see me look down every so often, uh, it's just because she'll just be staring at me and her eyes draw me in. Slur. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So she's, uh, yeah. Uh, and then spent the night with her. It was awesome. It was really do you guys have traditions? Do you do, tra are there tra uh, traditions that you do every year? Me and Fleur, yeah. Uh, we watch like, uh, yeah. movies. And <laughs> For Thanksgiving? That's awesome. I do with I do my with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs yeah, and I have cool. nightly routines, actually. <laughs> Yeah, see, we have a lot of routines for, uh, I'm pretty much a vending machine for her. That's what it, what it comes That's down so to. No, no, we have a great relationship. But uh, family traditions, I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I try to be with family if I can. Every once in a while, I'll be stuck in a situation because I don't fly where maybe I can't get back to the East Coast in time. But it's yeah. only happened like twice. Yeah. Right. Family. What about you? What's it like in, in Canada? For Thanksgiving, the same sort of thing. You get together yep. with family and loved ones. Yep. If that's hmm. if that's where if if everybody's getting on well, <laughs> right? Then people spend time with family and where you can for sure. I think um, everybody's traditions are different, right? Everybody's uh, mm -hmm. traditions are different. For me, I kind of put emphasis on the American thanksgiving because to me that's the marker to start getting my christmas holiday stuff uh, out yeah. so i use the american one as the as the marker for us thanksgiving happens before halloween so you know there's a there's a little different energy attached to it for sure because it was like what? it was the 14th of october oh wow so thanksgiving happens before halloween there uh -huh. how interesting I didn't know that. I'm so uncultured. Steve, pull it together. That's okay. Um, wow. It's all good. Uh, that, that's interesting. Are there any uh, different food offerings 
in no. Canada than than or is it the turkey and all that? That's oh same. yeah, same same old. It and then it depends. I have a foodie kid who's you know my youngest kid is eighteen and and trying to move into culinary arts, so he's wanting to try different things all the time. So you know he's making a different menu other than turkey for Christmas. He's uh, got some surprises planned for us. Oh okay. Yeah. Um, a life with ghosts. Let's get, let's get into it. I, what I appreciated reading that book, what I appreciated was, um, it wasn't just all about ghost stories. Like you really, um, have an emotional connection, um, a love of history. There was, a, a very lovely balance between personal, um, and then the work side of it. I don't know if that sounds right, professional and personal, but there was a really lovely balance to the stories that you chose to share. Thank you. Yeah, um, I, there was there was definitely a a criteria. You know, they weren't just oh, this will go in the book, this and that. Uh, there was a lot of thought that went into uh, which ones would go in, and they very much had to mean something uh, emotionally. Uh, they had to mean something uh, when it comes to the paranormal. Uh, you know, they're not all just the most haunted places. Yeah. Uh, a place that had a, a really strong emotional uh, sort of connection for me could, you know, make it to the list more so than some place that is uh, really haunted. You know, it, it right. has to really, like you said, uh, have all of that balance. And everything in here did. They all mean a lot to me, whether it's, uh, the most haunted, uh, most crazy place I've been with stuff happening all the time, or whether I learned something about life, uh, you know, uh, don't, don't try that because it didn't work out so good for him. You know? Yeah, uh, that, exactly. That sort of thing. And you can learn from uh, other people's mistakes, uh, mm -hmm. but also through other people's triumphs, you know, uh, yeah. you can definitely learn a lot. So uh, I found that if it was something that I have learned and could and do apply to my own life, uh, that made it into the book. Uh, and of course, something really scary. But like you said, uh, a lot of other facets. I also wanted to yeah. uh, pay, uh, you know, respects to the fact that it's very likely that they were all people too, you know, yeah. not every haunting is of a person. We know that there are other energies out there, but um, the ones that are of a person of, of, you know, someone who was living as a human, uh, we need to remember they've been through some crazy stuff and, and let's respect them and not just, you know, high five when we, we, we find their ghost, you know? Yeah. Because there's a, there's a story that needs to be heard. Right. There's a story that mm -hmm. needs to be heard and, and respected in that. Erica is just saying, I agree. Steve and Tango are the best together. Oh, yeah. Tango. Uh, yeah. Tango's uh, uh, my best friend. Very easy uh, to uh, work with and, and hang out with. Uh, we all have a good time together, whether I'm investigating with uh, Jay or, or, or even Sherry at times we've investigated together. Uh, we always have a blast, but Tango and I, for sure, we just have a, a you know, Jay and I, when we investigate together, quite honestly, uh, we have a hard time getting anything done. <laughs> so it doesn't happen too often. <laughs> uh, we're too busy, like, playing jokes on each other, just uh, laughing. But we do get things done. Yeah. But, 
uh, Tango and I, it, for whatever reason, is easier for us to find that balance of let's be serious, let's investigate. Jay and I just joke around the whole time. Uh, I'm known as the snack lady on investigations. <laughs> oh. I'm the what are we bringing for snacks? Let me bring. I I'm all about the snacks. So of course. because you're there for a long time, you guys are at a location much longer than I would be at a at a location. You're there like days at a time, and I think that's maybe something people don't always recognize or know. Right? They're seeing this these clips that are put together for an hour on TV or 45 minutes, however long the show is, and and not maybe realizing the length of time that you spend in each location. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, honestly, off of television, the average case uh, for us, uh, and I think most investigators and teams, uh, is about four months to two years. You know, it's not uh, like you see in, in the TV world where it's okay, now we're in, it's on to the next one, we do the, I mean, that is how it is, because we're really, um, yeah. But if you're not doing it on television, it's a very uh, long process. Um, but even in, in the TV world, you know, it does look like we may be there for a day or two. Mm -hmm. um, but we've always been there for uh, a week, weeks, uh, months sometimes. I remember the first time we investigated the Stanley Hotel, we were there for almost a month. Um, wow. It doesn't look that way on television uh, because, yeah. you know, in an episode, there's maybe 20 something minutes of investigating. Uh, if they had to take five minutes of those and, and say, this is night one, this is night two, and this happened on night three, maybe that makes sense of night two. Uh, you know, yeah. it just you just can't do that. So it, it plays a little different when you watch it. But you're right, we're there for a, a long time. And uh, on our Ghost Nation show, there, there's been times, and even on our later episodes of Ghost Hunters, the last few seasons, uh, there have been times when, you know, we've requested more time. We've been there for two weeks or so, need another week or two and uh luckily they've always given it to us but that's happened as well do you do you feel that the spirits that are in those locations kind of warm up to you at that point so there's an interaction that or a comfort level like no different if we think about them as humans there you are a stranger coming into their space so they're checking you out before they open up I think, you know, I don't think there's any one necessary, necessarily one thing that, that works. I think it, it is that for sure. I think it could be that. Depending on the location. Um, right. Depending on the location, depending on what type of haunting. And if it's a residual type of haunting, it's likely not aware of time and space. So it may not be aware that we're even in the room. Uh, but if it is an intelligent, whew, let me try that again. Uh, but if it is an intelligent uh, type of, of haunting, for sure, absolutely. I do think one of the things is that it does need to, you know, figure you out a little bit. Uh, it may even quite know where you are. We don't know what it looks like to them, if it even looks like anything. Or how would they even, or maybe mm. it looks just like it does here. I am in my uh, room here. Maybe it looks just like this to them. I don't know. Um, so it could be some of that. That's also why... Uh, rapport building is a technique that we use uh, extensively all the time. One of the first things we do, we start, uh, you know, it sounds, and the people who aren't don't love the shows, um, you know, they'll say all the time, well, all you do is walk around and talk to thin air. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, actually. We're, we're, and introduce yourself. We're, we're trying, oh, of course, yeah, you got to yeah. get them comfortable with. So it is that for sure. I also am not sure 
that anybody knows what their interpretation of time and space is, right? So uh, we maybe we're at a place for a week and we're like, God, it's been a week. It may be nothing to them, uh, you know, it could be just like, hey, give me a minute, you know, I mean, yeah. we don't really know. Uh, who knows? It could be the opposite, but uh, and I'm I not think sure that we'll know all the answers. Like I, I'm, I think it's just one big rabbit hole that we get to stay curious about and enjoy the wonderment of it as we're exploring it. I agree. Uh, the mystery uh, is part of the fun, you know, the mystery of it, the intrigue, and mm -hmm. um, really, uh, we took a, you know, and you know, the team, uh, us and Jay and Teo and Sherry, and and uh, really starting to dig and pull apart the background and every sort of facet. And, and we found in doing that, uh, we find ourselves always in the most interesting uh, historical mysteries that you just are trying to figure out and unravel. Yeah. And well, we're hearing this noise here, but it couldn't be this person because they died, you know, at a hospital two miles away. And, and you get to really figure things out and put the puzzle together. And, and it's so much more fascinating and fun uh, than just going in and saying, well, th this must be that little kid that supposedly died here. And, and maybe it is, but who knows, you know, but yeah. really putting together that uh, mystery, like you said, the mystery yeah. of it, the mysterious. And uh, it's layered. Is one of the best parts. It's always okay. going to be layered, right? The stories. That's Erica right. is just asking what locations have you investigated in Canada and which was your favorite? Canada, that's a good, you know, the only place that we've actually investigated in Canada was in Cornwall. Um, we did a private residence uh, and we did, oh, you'll have to forgive me, um, but it's in Cornwall, Canada. It's a fort. Uh, it, it was beautiful and, and huge. Did um, you do Fort Henry it, in Kingston or it, was? We've done Fort Henry for sure. Yeah. Um, but. We definitely did one that was in Cornwall. Uh, so I, if that's the same one, then it could be. But um, whatever that fort is there in Cornwall, uh, we, we did. Yeah, that Canadian, I don't know. But if somebody who is part of the conversation with us, fill us in if you know. <laughs> you can. Thank you. I wish, uh, I really do wish that they could all stay fresh in, in my brain, but when there's so uh, many, you know. Erica's saying, "I remember the Fort Henry episode." Yeah, the Chris Fort Henry was. Uh, that was the first time we all had to go buy like ice boots and walk up you to know, Canada. They're like, right? Well, <laughs> 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 welcome to Canada. It's We're now like, Thanksgiving. Here's yeah. your turkey leg and it your was, ice boots. Uh, <laughs> it was beautiful and made it quite an yeah. experience, but. Yeah, uh, that was something else. <laughs> this, is actually, uh, this is actually my sister. This is my sister, Christy. So she's saying that's what I like, the history part, not so much the creepy. I have dragged my sister to investigations um, because I love her. <laughs> and it makes me laugh when she gets scared. So mm. I drag her along anyway. If my sister has the opportunity to tell you, she will tell you that I used to read her bedtime stories that consisted of Stephen King because I'm seven years older than her. So it was horror movies and scary things right from the start from my sister. Your sister, your sister is older than you, correct? Talking to me? Yep. Is your no. <laughs> she younger? 
Um, yeah, she's she's younger than me. I think maybe five years younger than I am, five or six years. Younger. Did you yeah. read to her? You've got the best picture of you and your dad and your sister in the book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he's got that um, rock and stash with the wood paneling. It is all mm -hmm. awesome. <laughs> I told him, I was like, Dad, that was a big thing back in the 80s, huh? That yep. like, Colombian drug lord look? Like, what's, what's going on there? He had that big, full mustache. It was full. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's an awesome. Uh, so my sister's a, a little bit younger. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Susan's uh, just filling us in Fort Augustus. Fort Augustus. Okay, so that would be what we did there. Fort Augustus, and I do remember a private residence. Um, yeah, I was in part of like a, a condo complex. Um, but yeah. that would be so complicated, a condo complex, because what was there prior before the complex was built and the land, and there's there's so much more to it to dig into, right? That whole puzzle and mystery. Yeah, yep, it, it can be uh, quite uh, challenging. But uh, you do the best you can. Uh, if they really are having a hard time and need some help, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. You know, apartments can be tricky. You know, and, and also tracing it back to a landlord, that sort of thing. Because you can't just bring a camera crew to, to somebody's apartment. You know, the landlord yeah. will be like, "Hey, like I didn't say you could right. uh, come in my building." And, and you know, uh, but it, it can be tricky. But we we figured that that place out. I don't remember if that aired or not. Uh, we do have a lot of cases that, you know, end up not airing for whatever reason. But, uh, My sister's just saying the Mackinac Island investigation was a great episode. And S Susan is just saying, she's just filling us in, that the wind, it's also known as the Windmill Fort. The Windmill Fort. Okay. I didn't know that All right. either. Yeah, uh, I, I um, sadly don't remember. Uh, and even now, you know, the show's been I've been going for twenty years now. So you look back and you go, okay, geez, could I could I even remember that was ten, you know, ten, twelve years ago or so? Um, right. I wish. Uh, I really do wish. But sometimes it gets. Uh, sometimes they do. They do stay in there. But they're usually the places that. Uh, people are always refreshing your memory about, like, remember when you were here and you did this or this happened? You go, oh, yeah, yep, I do. Thank goodness people remember other people. My sister remembers everything, so I rely on her to be that person to go, hey, remember that this happened because I I don't retain it all. It's just too much, too many places, too many people. <laughs> yeah, of course, everybody. There's that... There's some law out there, I forget what it is, where they say that a, an average adult person can really only maintain like 250 uh, names and faces and relationships before it gets fuzzy. There's like a right. certain number to it but that the human brain can sort of uh, hold in there and then it just gets a little wonky. Uh, whether I'm, it's real or not, who knows? I don't know, but I'm over 50 now, so I think that's a magic number too. <laughs> I think, you know, there's something that happened at 50. It's gotten a little foggy. Mm. Could be. Laura um, Lee is just asking what location, Steve, would you say was the most active with a lot of activity? Um, that would be a hard question, too. 
It is a hard question. And, you know, a lot of activity could mean a frequency or it could mean, um, you know, not necessarily, uh, but I would say Waverly Hills uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, um, I don't know if it's the most active, but I'd say if I've been there 15, 16 times, I would say that at least 12 times there have been a lot of stuff happening that I can't explain, that people I'm with can't explain, things right. that are just like, whoa, could, you know, that is um, that place for me, I'd say. And that's frequency, meaning that my frequency, how many times I've been there, sort of my batting average, if you will. Right. But that doesn't mean frequency in terms of if I'm there, is it happening all day and night, that sort of thing. So that type of frequency um, might be, I, I'd say there too, probably Waverly Hills as well. Is frequency that one that of activity both ways. Draws you back? Is that one that draws you back that you Waverly think Hills. about going back or going back to Oh yeah, I'll go there as, as much as I can all the time. Oh yeah, even if there weren't ghosts there, I'd, I'd go there. Right. Uh, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, just right. the history that's in there. Uh, I'm someone who finds you know beauty in decay for sure, and and I just want to soak in all those stories. Yeah. Uh, Ditto. Yeah. I, right. Uh, so for you, me, the, there's always something new that happens, whether it's a personal experience or just an emotion that gets triggered when you're in those spaces. Like there's, there's just a lot. Mm -hmm. um, well, one of the things that I wanted to thank you for, thank you. Um, I know was, I love the fact that you are so transparent about what your anxieties and fears are as a person who has some anxiety and fears that limit me sometimes. I appreciated that. And I appreciated when you were sharing that story in the book about uh, the lighthouse and going, I wish I could tell you that it changed things for me, but it didn't. I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so yeah. much. Because, yeah, I have quite a number of stories. It's stairs that I can see through, like where there's no risers, those graded steps. Mm, I know. I don't know. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Oh. Um, St. Augustine Lighthouse makes it a little easier than some because there are uh, platforms where you can't see oh. all the way down, you know, but the stairs themselves. So you're right because I think it's Pensacola uh, is one that it's just meshing, you know, the, the mesh stairs and you can see all straight through and that is panic attack. Uh yeah, that's <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my, I lived on the East coast of Canada for a little while and uh, we have the Bay of Fundy and uh, I was at the Bay of Fundy and you could take steps down and when the tide goes out, you can walk along the ocean floor, which is amazing. So take the kids and it's this amazing, it's just amazing. Everything about it is amazing until you have to take those steps back up. And it's these wooden creaky steps that you can see all the way through. And I'm with my daughter who is an infant strapped on me and my five and four year old pushing my butt going, just breathe mama, just breathe. You're okay. <laughs> Now I'm 52 and I'm still needing my children to push me and going, just breathe, mama, you're okay. 
Sure, yeah. I would imagine kids can be a great inspiration. You still stick yourself in those positions to do it, but it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot when you're in those moments for sure. It is. And uh, people think, you know, because you did it, it's like, oh, great. Now you're cured. It's like, oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you, so you, you're I a fan of, that easy. of horror movies and um, that genre as well, correct? Is that? Oh, yeah, of course. Yep. Okay. Did you watch them? I don't even think that they considered it a horror movie. I think they called it, um, I don't know, a survival thriller? Fall? I have not seen that. No. Is it mm. good? Mm. Yeah, but it's one of those ones that can trigger you at the same time. Like I had sweaty palms, gross sweaty palms the entire time because uh, of the height thing. But it's it's a brilliant movie. Okay. I'll check that out. I'll watch anything. Yeah, it's it's but it puts you at that edge for sure, but it's it's called Fall. Fall. And, uh, fall. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes, it's it's. I mean, his role is small as the as the dad in it, not uh, the main protagonist in it. But it's oh. yeah. So I think they call it a survival thriller, but it 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 was triggering in a good way. Like I still didn't stop watching, <laughs> for sure. But it's relatable, That's and I appreciate I appreciate that you still you know, have that sense of, of wonder and put yourself in that position and you share so transparently. Thanks. Yeah. Um, appreciate it. Um, but it's part of it, you know, and it is part of what I do for, for not for the show, but just part of, we are always in places where you got to sometimes climb up crazy rickety ladders and look down. And I really am terrified you know so i really am shaking and jay like come on you can do it and tango like i got you buddy yeah <laughs> but that's uh, part of trusting right that's part oh, of yeah, trusting of who you're working with and and that that is important you know when you are doing these sorts of investigations that it's everyone knows how to work with one another and that trust level is there mm -hmm. hi sandra that's thanks me. for joining us Hmm. Another um, emotional. I'm going with the emotional stuff first, if that's okay. Before we get to anything like super creep. Sure, whatever you'd like. Yeah. I got kind of teary when you were talking about meatloaf. When I was looking oh, at the yeah. picture of him at the pump organ. Mm hmm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was really uh, a cool guy. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, awesome, great storyteller, fun to listen to. Uh, didn't play by anybody's rules. You know, that know. also comes back to you, I think, like when we're talking about holding space for one another and where we feel trust in putting ourselves in those positions uh, to be vulnerable. Like all of it is a vulnerable thing. When you're doing a paranormal investigation, it's in the dark, you're in these creepy places, you don't really know what's going to happen. There's all sorts of things involved to it. And um, Meatloaf felt comfortable. That was a part of something that he was interested in. It was outside of who he was, you know, how the public recognized him. It was an interest for him. And you were able to hold space for him to just be and explore and 
that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, he loved it. He, he really did. Um, he looked forward to it so much. He would be so giddy every time we'd see him and, and his wife or whoever was with him, you know, like, oh, God, it's all he's been talking about for, you know, months now. And Because, um, of course, he's a, a busy fella, so it's not like he can just spring up out of, you know, he has to really carve that out of his schedule if he wants to come spend a week with us. You know? yeah. um, but every time we bumped into him, uh, Jay certainly more than I did. He and Jay got, got quite close. Um, and uh, But every time I saw him, he was just uh, the biggest stories, the biggest smiles and hugs and uh, bear hugging. And uh, yeah, great, great, great guy. Uh, loved the paranormal. He really did. Loved investigating it. Loved yeah. us. Uh, he really did. He first time I met him, he knew every every single place we'd been to. He'd watched every episode multiple times. Right. He had told us about viewing parties he'd have at his house and the people he would name that he would have over at these ghost hunters viewing parties. I'm like, whoa, this you know, they were talking like A list crazy people, and we're like, they would come to your house every Wednesday and watch. Oh yeah, this is crazy, <laughs> you know. Like, but uh, it's sharing a passion. Video. Oh yeah, I think he and he had that passion before us. He wanted to, he almost tried to uh, start a ghost hunting team when he was in college. Um, never worked out for him for whatever reason. Right. Back then, there weren't really many teams around, you know. So, but uh, yeah, it really was a passion for him. He, he loved it. We just have Julia's just asking a question now too. Can you see? We've just got that up. Julie is asking, Ooh. Steve, do you have intuitive psychic gifts as well, or do you just rely on your equipment to receive spirit messages? I um, I don't have any uh, gifts myself at all. No. Nope. Uh, none. Uh, I, not that I know of. I've heard many times that it's, you know, maybe you do and you just don't know because you're expecting some crazy, but it's really more something you have to uh, tune into and really understand what you're experiencing. And then I've talked to other psychics who, you know, tell me like, no, no, you, you would know, <laughs> you know, like there's yeah. not much. Uh, and a lot of them, uh, I'm almost uh, kind of happy, perhaps maybe I don't have any yes. of those gifts because <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah, I know some uh, <clears throat> mediums and spirit, uh, you know, spirit mediums and psychics who are uh, you know, like, I, I just want to sleep. <laughs> you know, I, can't, uh, I, I just want to, like, get through my day. And I have all these, you know, they're just coming at me and they can't turn it off necessarily. But for me, none of those those gifts. I, I do believe, though, that uh, as just a person, I can tune into energy. You know, it's, it's a real thing. Our primal gaze yeah. detection, you know. That was actually a question that I had brought down for you is if have you found that your sensitivity to places has heightened the longer that you've done this work? So it's not necessarily, I mean, you, you do have um, uh, a background policing as well too, even if that was, that was short, but there's, there's a gut intuition, gut feeling or knowing, you know, that you end up following, but has that heightened uh, the longer that you've done or the more that you've done investigations? Yeah, definitely. Um, there is just over time now, you know, with the show, we've been doing the show for 20 years, but even before that I was investigating for maybe almost 10 years, you know, so um, over time, there are a lot of other sensations that come about when mm -hmm. there is a paranormal 
experience. Uh, it's not just, well, that happened. And uh, you can just over time, you can tell there's a difference mm -hmm. in the environment. Things change. Um, and you can pick up on that. You, you do. And, and uh, I tell you, the, the production crew doesn't like it very much because we'll be walking around and hear something or, or you know, and you're like, don't you want to go check that out? No, 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 that, that's nothing. What do you mean it's nothing? We know what that is. We've done this a long time. <laughs> you know, that's because the A-beam did this and it knocked on this thing. Like, we already figured, you know. Like, yeah. So you, 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 over time, you, you are able to uh, really snap in, into things. But just knowing about energy and how it interacts in the environment, in the physical world here, um, you know, if, if spirits are made of energy and they're moving through our environment, then the static layer in our body uh, is going to interact with the Earth's magnetic field. And, and it's going to tell us that something is moving. That's not a psychic or mediumistic sort of ability. That's just a human ability to know that something else is in the room with me. So I think a lot of investigators have tuned into that uh, over time. Well, it's like a muscle that's developing, right? It's, it's a muscle that develops. Um, Sandra's just commenting, you don't realize that's what it is because when you know something, you just know it. You don't always recognize the why you know it. Uh, she's actually right uh, in, in a lot of ways, yeah. Um, like I, I tell a lot of sort of investigators, especially ones who are just getting involved or have been involved for a few years but are having a hard time knowing if what they're experiencing is paranormal or not. And, and I tell them, it's like, you would, uh, then it's not, uh, you know, it, it, you would know, you would, your, these, your body just takes over and says, this is impossible. This shouldn't be happening. There's no way you get emotional. You, the environment changes, like everything is different. It's, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it would be kind of like saying, I think there was a tornado. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> like, no, no, you would know if there was, a, yeah. you know, it's just, that might not be the best analogy, but it would be, you know, it, you usually don't have to play guessing games if it is. Don't get me wrong. You should always try to disprove things like like we do. And you, well, discernment you is so important. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, you're uh, so that is is important. But um, it, yeah, I, I think a lot of people uh, can tune in into things. But for me, no, no uh, psychic gifts or, or anything like that. I agree. Sometimes it's not nice. <laughs> it's it's I mean, not. It would... It's not. It's sometimes it's super overwhelming for sure. And I've been this way since I was a little kid. So for me, it's a normal, but it's not always a normal that is comfortable, for sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I tell you what, we, we'd probably have some some better ratings. Uh, you know, not that we need better, but like, you know, if, if I could secretly and and psychically, without the world knowing I'm a, a psychic, you know guys come into this room you know like bring all the cameras in here and then have all kinds of stuff happen that would be would be on cnn and it'd be like, yeah. I, I don't know like i i like the left brain side to the investigating even though i can tune in energetically like i i really love it when equipment is validating something that i may have mm. been picking up i like the left brain side to it even though i can tap in because it's filling in the gaps as well too. I may only pick up one layer of whatever is energetically attached to that place and not tap into like the bigger scope of it. So the equipment is important and the left brain side of it is important. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think um, it's, uh, there are a lot of uh, psychics and, and mediums that, that I know that I do like to have what they are saying uh, backed up by equipment mm -hmm. and, and it makes them feel, uh, you know, that they can stand a little uh, more sturdy on their mm -hmm. own findings. Uh, and know, more than one that's really cool. piece of equipment. <laughs> it's oh, better sure, when you got yeah. two pieces going at the same time right? to validate each other, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you need two. <laughs> mm -hmm. We just have Joe asking, uh, when you hear your name said by the paranormal, does it freak you out? Um, you know, it's happened to me a few times and it's never freaked me out. Um, I thought it was really cool and kind of interesting. Like, oh, this might be able to see me, understand it's me, and even know my name and say my name. And um, so it, it hasn't freaked me out a, at all. Uh, but uh, it, it's happened a few times to my buddy Tango, and it freaks him out. It really bothers him when it, when it's happened. It happened real uh, vividly, too, and, and we all heard it. Uh, with our ears it was me jay sherry and tango and uh, we heard this voice and we're like what you know and, and jay was like that just said tango and we're like no no here you play it back and sure enough yeah. uh, it's it's that you know and it's happened a few times and he doesn't like it it's a little, a little i think i wouldn't i don't necessarily like it or it freaks me out more when it's in the review, like when you've not heard it with your outside ear and then you have it coming back at you on review, then it's like, oh, that's a little, that's a little creepy. Did anybody sigh? Then you start asking, right? <laughs> like you, you're doing that debunk around it. But when you hear it on review, to me, that's creepy. Yeah, EVPs are, are definitely, they can be quite uh, unsettling, uh, especially if they make sense with the, surroundings and the environment and what's happening and you can tell they're interacting with the, the physical world there um it, it really is uh, i i like disembodied voices because if you hear it there in the environment in the moment or even real-time analysis your outside ear uh, yeah, yeah oh, oh, right yeah and then uh you know you can you know now what to ask what to say maybe you can pivot your investigation a little bit like oh just heard that 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 gal talking like Maybe it's now this woman we need to be communicating with. Uh, whereas you go back later and listen, uh, it, it, now you're having to go back into the environment. And But review, uh, it's so cool to see, you know, all of the things that, because sometimes you'll leave a place and go, oh, I don't know, not much going on there. And then you're listening later and you're like, geez, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> you know, like, holy cow, that place was uh, hopping. Uh, so yeah. was that the Buckstreet Manor? I had wrote that. Is it Buckstreet Manor? Is that where things happened not at the time or that happened when you were not really investigating? Have I got that correct? Yeah, that happened um, when uh, Tango and I went uh, for a revisit to get some. We were there investigating. Uh, That's such and... a cool story. Okay, it was amazing. Um, but we were there investigating and nothing really happened. You know, we were there for a couple of days, a week maybe. Nothing really happened. And of course, 
um, you know, but the whole staff was so like, and we just knew that they, they weren't able to keep cooks. They weren't able to keep uh, wait staff. They weren't able to keep housekeepers, uh, a lot of different things. And they were really uh, like, you could see the struggle in their faces and in their eyes. And the, the chef was, you know, like I, I, I built this place up and, and I can't keep cooks here and I'm going to lose my livelihood, you know, uh, full disclosure, it ended up not staying haunted and they closed, ended up closing the place, but um, they were serious. And so we went there and, and didn't really have anything happen and didn't find anything in the evidence. Uh, but we knew that we wanted to get answers for them. And so yeah. even without cameras, because the crew was like, well, we're already going to be on our way to the next spot because uh, we would sometimes catch up to them. You know, they get there ahead of time, do their thing. We show up as investigators ready to go with, with our part of, of the thing. Um, and uh, so in talking to Jay and, and you know, the team, and, and uh, of course, Jay has six kids, you know, so their time was, was tied up a bit. And we only had, I think, two days or so before we had to head out of town to go to the next case. Uh, and Tango and I had said, OK, well, we'll go and just set up equipment and invest or not investigate but just let it you know run uh what we call uncontaminated i guess you know nothing just see what happens because a lot of times activity isn't happening when you're walking around demanding it you know it's when you're minding your own business it's when yeah. there's a tour going through not looking for a ghost it just happens it's when uh you know the cook is doing his own thing and behind him you know a pan flies and hits the wall uh it's not happening when you're trying to so we said, let's stay out of its hair and see what happens. Right. Uh, and that's when everything happened. But it wasn't on the show because we just went uh, on our own. And uh, so that's just an experience. Uh, and, of course, you, you mentioned it is in, in the, the book there. But um, it's an experience that I wish everybody could see. I wish we um, – but it's almost kind of sweet that it was just me and T Tango and I. You know, we yeah. had that – me and Tango? It was just yeah. It was just me and Tango. Sometimes I get my grammar sloppy, but uh, just you know, me and Tango. It was our. We had that, and and uh, it was it was amazing. It really was pretty crazy. So those that was a question that I had written down to ask you. Actually, was personal experiences. Personal experiences still. I think some people don't put a lot of weight into them, but maybe they should. You know, just because you're not capturing it doesn't mean that it's not because really we're, we my thought is when you're going to do an investigation, you're, you're almost seeking a personal experience. It's going to be a personal experience on 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 some level. So you can't discount it. You can't, sure. you know, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's uh, what, you know, if you go to a court of law, if you go to anything like that, that's known as oral evidence, you know, and, and uh, even when it's not written down, it's passed through time, that's oral history, you know, and, and that can have some degree of accuracy. Um, but the problem does come when, you know, the human brain is literally the, the worst storage of information that uh, as soon as it goes into your brain, it's already distorted from what you originally saw and experienced. And, and you know, you add time to that, you all and it's going to get a, a little distorted, but could there be a seed of truth in there? For sure. Now, that's going to be the public perception of oral history. But you, me, 
as an investigator, we know what we saw. You know, we had that experience. Yeah. We know what it is. But still, to the public, that is just an oral piece of evidence. It, it, it's something that you're just orating to somebody. Uh, yeah. You have no... Uh, but it's always good when, you know, that's, I'm happy Tanga was there because now we both, no, no, we saw that. We we were both, you know, we heard that. That happened to us, yeah. and not just one or the other. Um, and, you know, that happens. And should we have ran out to the van and, and broken out all the equipment again and said, maybe, but then would it have stopped happening by the time we got back in? Probably, you know, so what is better? Do we stand there and have the experience and, uh, I wish it happened nowadays because you just pull a cell phone out and just, right. you know, just start recording it. Uh, but this was in what, 2005, I think we had a, a sidekick. <laughs> there was no uh, pulling out and just start recording. <laughs> it didn't happen. Uh, but I wish it happened now because we would definitely have, have evidence of that. And I'm always like, thank you so much. That was awesome. For whatever reason, if you're doing this now, I appreciate it. Like just talking it out loud, right? Thank you so much. Sure. I I appreciate this. Um, mm -hmm. There's a few questions I just want to catch up with. We did we did appreciate it, but I won't lie, we were terrified. Uh, Tanya, during that experience, like I mentioned a little bit in the book, but not too much because we always say how the paranormal doesn't scare us, and, and it doesn't. Uh, it startles us. But yeah. by and large, we end up getting excited and we want to, you know, yes. really experience it. But this was, we were clutched onto each other, like, just keep going. You know? <laughs> but uh, do you find the fear gets replaced quickly with laughter? Like it's like that moment of, oh, that was, that was, that was something. And then you can laugh about it after. Like it, it. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it, it yep. flips, right? So, so it turns there's into that. excitement. Exactly. Always. Um. Okay, so Laura Lee is just asking, Steve, do you and the team do anything energetically uh, for protection? Also, have you encountered anything negative that has gotten physical with one of you? That sort of backs on to Kathy was asking if something has followed you home from an investigation. So I guess, you know, we can put those together for you. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh... Do we do anything uh, with energy or any sort of things to protect ourselves when we investigate? Uh, I don't. Uh, none of the investigators that I work closely with do either. Uh, I know Jay doesn't really, or, or, or Tang or Sherry. Um, Are there personal belief sort of systems? Like some people have a, a faith background that they lean on when they're going into different places. Um, you know, not, there's... Everybody has sure. a different different approach that they're going to bring into it, right? Yeah, they do. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just speaking personally. I, I don't. I, I am a, a lover of Christ and religion, but I have never really used that uh, as any sort of... Um, I feel like if I was afraid of this, maybe I would. Um, but no, nothing. I know Jay... Uh, not to speak for him, but he has always said, you know, putting all of his faith into one certain thing makes him a little afraid because if that gets taken away from him, then he's going to be, you know, very vulnerable and very much so. So, you know, people who put all of their sort of trust into this one crystal or into a cross or something, you know, what happens if you drop that or lose it or forget it or something, then you're going to feel like, um, which may or may not have any bearing on it, but I know for, for 
the investigators I'm close with, uh, there's nothing uh, we really do going into it. Um, I sometimes pay respect, uh, you know, uh, hey, I'm sorry for what you went through. Or exactly. if it's something awesome, you, you know, hey, it was great what you did. You know, this is so cool that you wouldn't leave, you know, your, your husband of 40 years or you wouldn't leave your wife or whatever the case is. Uh, you know, you can also pay respect in, in that regard because, as you know, not every haunting is is because of of a tragedy or, or mm -hmm. because of something awful. You know, you see hauntings of people who are still alive where no tragedy has, has happened at, at all. Um, big so, emotions yeah. either way, right? It's just big That's emotions, right. and in in whatever extreme it is. Happy. That's exactly 100% right. And not, I mean, you know, as much as the, I'm not speaking from a land of facts. There are no facts here, but uh, yeah. it does seem that most case studies, the ones that we've put together, that I've put together, that uh, a lot of researchers even have put together without realizing, excuse me, without realizing they've even put together a, a case study as it seems to point all in, in that direction, you know, that those strong emotions, those big emotions, like you said, whether they're great or, or terrible, that seems to be uh, the catalyst of it. And that, that's likely why we don't often find hauntings associated where, you know, people are buried or where a body is or, you know, not to be grim, but I have quite honestly body parts all around me and, and I've never had anything happen in, <laughs> in my house, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's just true. Uh, never. I, I don't think that. Sure, somebody could be attached to their their bones in some regard, um, or the place that they're laid to rest. I'm sure it can happen, and, and likely has. But I don't see a reason for it. It's I've not had that experience exactly. And emotions, and sometimes it's the emotions of the people that are in the space. So if there's a lot of um, unrest or big emotions, um, yeah, that aren't being, you know, maybe addressed in, in, a, in a healthier or positive way can be triggering stuff that's happening within a space. So, you know, there, there's, there's just so many different layers to, to that. Absolutely. And quite honestly, um, the layered haunting, you know, is, is, uh, probably my favorite, uh, you know, because you really get to figure out and it doesn't it's have a puzzle. to be layered. It's a puzzle. You know, you can mm -hmm. have residual and intelligent. You can have different eras. Uh, you can have uh, inhuman with human. If you believe in that sort of thing, you really can have all kinds of different things happening. And it's so fascinating to try to, to figure out. Yeah. So Brad is asking a question um, similar to something that, you know, I had jotted down to talk to you about too. Brad is asking, what do you find to be the best equipment to use? Um, uh, the best equipment uh, for me and, and just me personally, uh, I find that uh, a, a video camera, uh, quite honestly, for me, uh, you want to have that documentation, uh, not just for other people, but for yourself. As an investigator, as somebody, if you don't, you get so angry every time it's happened. You know you... It's still awesome that you had the experience, but every time I've had an experience and haven't had some way to record it, I've really been angry with myself. Um, but that's not necessarily the reason. For me, the reason is, is, is if I have a video camera 
uh, and I'm talking about one with infrared capability, even better one with full spectrum capability. And full spectrum isn't necessarily full spectrum. There are still spectrums that it doesn't see, but it still gives you quite a few more than our visible spectrum. So uh, what that means is, uh, say I have an infrared camera. Now I'm able to see everything in the visual spectrum, right? Which is that Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Right. So now I can see everything in that spectrum, but also now I can see in the infrared spectrum, which I couldn't before I was using my infrared camera, right? So now I can see all of that. Uh, and if I put my full spectrum on, uh, now I can see in other spectrums that uh, I can see, or excuse me, that I couldn't see in the infrared or even in the visible spectrum. And then to top it off, uh, you're also recording audio. So you can get EVPs and disembodied voices and sounds, you know? So uh, that to me is, is a, a great device for all of those reasons combined. Uh, if you are investigating uh, in the daytime or with the lights on, video camera, I think still uh, takes it uh, for me. Even if you're not able to use the, um, you know, the infrared, there are some cameras that you can still use the infrared. It does work, but as you all know, in this field, you get what's called bloom, where the, in, the, the infrared just blooms out and it turns bright and white and you can't see things. So uh, there are some cameras that are really good at mitigating that bloom effect. Uh, and uh, if you can get one of those, quite expensive, but if you can, uh, that's even uh, better to use because you can use that in the, with the daylight and that sort of thing. Uh, and then aside from that, I'd say thermal, uh, thermal imaging, uh, EMF as well. God, I'm, okay, I can only pick one. I'd say video. Yeah, no, but that's all, it's. <laughs> but I think the encouraging people to really understand all the ins and outs of how that equipment works as well too, right? So that they understand how to debunk for themselves yes. and, or to prove. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think it is uh, very important. You know, when you're uh, using your EMF gauge, you know, you can't just stand there and, and think that it lights up and you're getting answers for things. Like I see people hold different gadgets and ask questions and they see it light up and they think it's an answer, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, you really need to understand how it works uh, so that you would know that you're likely not getting any answers, that, that sort of thing. And if you know how they work deeply, uh, you'll help yourself, you know, really mitigate a lot of the uh, false positive, I guess you'll call them, or, or misinterpretation. You know, for instance, with uh, the EMF, right? The Earth's magnetic, uh, EMF is, of course, Earth's magnetic field, and we have these detectors. We all use EMF detectors. Um, but I'll, I'll, you know, ask a uh, hundred investigators uh, if I'm doing a, you know, a, a, a lecture of sorts or whatever. Hey, what does your EMF gauge read? Um, and, and I'll get 10, 15 different answers, you know, two or three, four or five different answers. And quite honestly, most of the time they're all all wrong, you know, and I think it's important that people really need to know. Uh, and I don't understand why in our field there is that disconnect. You know, if I ask, hey, what does your EMF reader do? We should all know. You know, if you ask a a, a carpenter what his drill does, he's, <laughs> you know, you're not going to get a bunch of different or question marks. They're, they're going to know what they're, yeah. uh, I guess that might be a silly analogy. But, you know, you need to know that your EMF gauge reads radiation and not anything in the Earth's magnetic field, you know, and, and because you need to know that that reading you're getting 
uh, is radiation. And why do you need to know that? Because radiation rarely, if ever, dissipates. So how do you know that reading you're getting is in real time? Or if it's a thousand years old, 500 years old, 100 years old, 10 years old, you don't, uh, you know, you really don't. Um, but if you don't know your equipment and you don't really know how an EMF gauge works, you'll never know that you're reading radiation and nothing in the magnetic field necessarily. And so you will just take all of those readings at face value instead of really trying to look at it a little bit deeper. Um, so that's just one example of why really knowing the equipment how it works, what it does, what it reads is really important. Uh, it really is. And uh, same with laser, uh, you know, uh, laser grids, great, valuable tools that a lot of investigators use. We use them, um, but the lights will twinkle and they will intensify uh, because they're a beam of light. They won't darken out. And I hear a lot of investigators in our field say, this dark mass moved in front of my light grid. And it's like, it didn't, it's impossible. You know, uh, radiated laser has another acronym, right? It's light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation. And knowing that tells me that uh, all of those laser beams are propelled by radiation. And radiation doesn't dissipate as we know. So uh, those light points will only intensify and not dim out, you know, so you would be saving yourself from thinking all of these things are paranormal. If you know exactly what a laser grid does, uh, you know, you could just say, oh, that's nothing. That has to be the battery because, you know, you have, has, and you'll just figure things out without thinking it's something paranormal. And how it could be influenced by things that are in the space as well, too, right? Like it's another layer sure. to understanding it. Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right, especially when it comes to uh, EMF, you know, and especially people who use tri-field meters and get into those, you know, it, it really is important. And I know the science stuff it can get really mind-numbing to a lot of people, and they'd rather just not even think of it. But it really does open your world up to uh, knowing how these things can work in the physical world. And if you're ever going to deal with skeptics or anything, it's important to have that, you know. So, uh, you could see, you know, something, say you have a, a, a metal piece of metal and you say it levitated. People will tell you that's impossible. There's no way you saw that. And you say, well, actually, if I were to raise this room up to 10,000 milligauss, uh, I could levitate that piece of metal. Do you know how I know that? Because an MRI machine is 10,000 milligauss and you have to take your jewelry off because it'll get sucked into the machine and fly all around the room. You know, so we know that yeah. metal objects can be levitated and can be moved if you can create 10,000 milligauss. Um, so understanding the science and how things can work will really make you feel much more confident in, in your findings. We just have Angela joining us here. I just will share really quickly. Been watching Steve for many years. He is great at what he does. Well, thank you, Angela. It's very nice. Uh, very fortunate to have been surrounded by a lot of great investigators <laughs> for many years that I've been able to learn a lot from. So Bianca is saying, my favorite medium and paranormal investigator in one place, Unreal. Aw, thanks. Hey. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for joining us. One of the things that I wanted to comment about with... Um, 
a life with ghosts too is how you really it uh especially alcatraz waverly as well too you can it's like immersing us in it's uh, to your experience i really encourage everyone to read it i sent out a link i've put the link up everywhere i added the link to my newsletter that i sent out at the beginning oh. of the month <laughs> like you. you're quite welcome um you really do pull us into that experience. Uh, was that the Thank intention? You. Yeah, uh, that that is one. Um, like when I knew I, I was going to um, include experiences from my, you know, from the shows and, and from my own paranormal, and, and uh, I really didn't want to just tell the story. You know, when that part of it comes up, uh, I wanted the person to really. Uh, feel like they're there with me. Uh, and I mean, you know, what does this building smell like? What does it look like in this hallway? What am I stepping on? What am I stepping over? Uh, yeah. You know, what what are the hardships we came across when we we're trying to set up for this case? You know, what logistics did we have to hurdle over? Not that these are terrible things. It's just... No, but it's sensory. Know, inside, uh, that's exactly what it is. And, and yeah. it's one of the reasons I, I wanted to... Uh, work with a horror writer uh, on this book and uh, you know Mike Aloisi specifically because I knew that a horror writer could do the best job of, of putting somebody in that room uh, you know with me and sure enough you know when we go you know in the, the writing process and we're going back and forth on the phone or you know live notes or whatever we're doing um, he really dialed all of, all of that in and uh, it's it's really cool, and I think it does really. You know, if we're talking about Waverly Hills, you're gonna know what it smells like, what it looks like, what the what's on the walls, what as I'm walking through the hallways, what I'm looking at, what the texture is. It's really pretty awesome. You do, you can feel it, and I have not been to Waverly Hills, but I've I've had. Um... Uh, conversations with other people that have been there and they all say the same thing. It's, it's top on their list as well too, in a, a place that they want to return to as far as a sensory experience. Oh yeah. yeah and they're all quite honestly, um, not all, you know, th there's even a, a private residence in here that doesn't offer much for that sort of thing. You know, their, their house is, is beautiful and quite well kept. Um, but in the places where, you know, Sloss Furnace, uh, Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, where you really wanted to feel like you're there to have that chill with me in the moment. Uh, those places you really do feel like you're you're there. They'll be able to look around and be like, "That's the hallway. That that's that twisted yeah. pipe." You're talking about. Sloss Furnace is one that kind of puts my hackles up, and I've I've, I've never been, but I mean, reading about it and hearing it. Uh, personally, something like just the hackles go right up when when people are talking about Sloss Furnace. If you are just uh, tuning yeah. in to us now, thank you for joining us here on Spirit Switchboard. You are listening to us live on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7 New Orleans. And we have on the show with us today, Steve Gonzalez from Ghost Hunters, Ghost Nation, and now author. What did it? Did your book come out in September or summer? August. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, where can people purchase your book? 
they can get it um, just about anywhere that, uh, you know, of course, we all, every person who uh, would love you to visit your local bookshop, you know, support, yes. uh, especially in the month of November being, you know, local uh, bookshop month and, and all of that. But um, that would be great. But we're also uh, in, uh, you can find it in, in all the Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, um, of course, on Amazon, Audible, if you like audiobooks. I did an Audible version or an audiobook version. I guess it's on all Audible, all audiobook formats, but Audible's where I listen to mine, so I always just say Audible. Uh, but yeah, mostly Barnes & Noble, bookstores, Amazon. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, bucket list. Do you have a bucket list of places that you'd like to visit? And I actually, I had wrote it down on twofold because personal places that maybe are different from professional places, something that you'd want to go to to investigate, but uh, maybe there's a historical place that's just drawing you that you don't necessarily want to investigate, but would like to check out. Is there some places that come to mind? Yeah, I, I, uh, I always thought that investigating the Colosseum would be pretty awesome. Um, uh, a few of the uh, castles in Ireland. Mm. Uh, I would love to do the catacombs. Me too. That's top. Yeah. Top. Catacombs be- for sure. Uh, and honestly, the Velisca Axe Murder House I'd like to do. The White House would be really fascinating. Um, just about every president... Okay. Obama included is his claim to have some uh, really incredible experiences there. Yeah, uh, I did a pre-record for the show next week with Jeff Belanger. So he's uh, he's coming on next week and he talks about the White House being haunted. Definitely. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's yeah. a fun dude. Yeah. 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 Um, what about Amityville? I am surprised. Yeah. Am, like, would Amityville be on that? The Amityville house be on that? Yeah. I, I would like to do the Amityville house uh, just to sort of uh, dig into that. I, I think um, if I could spend the right amount of time there, uh, we had tried a few times. It was kind of funny in the, the earlier days of, of Ghost Hunters, we had tried and, and they told us they didn't want to perpetuate that stereotype anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they opened it up to be like a, a Halloween haunted house that you could like walk through. <laughs> it's like, well, that's would it, probably you would doing think worse. That would, yeah, <laughs> you would think that would make uh, that level of energy yeah. maybe not so nice. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we've we've definitely tried a few times just just to do it, but it's never never panned out. They've always uh, whoever the current owners or or always kind of said. You know, this is no longer for us. And that's cool. You know, no big deal. Um, it would be awesome, you know, just to be in there and be like, this is where, you know, that's that sort of, I think my era uh, conjuring, you know, is, is Amityville. Uh, but. Yeah. Somebody is, uh, Susan's just asking about the Perrin house, which would be the original conjuring house, right? Yeah. Yep. Is that a place? Yeah, we have you been? There. Yeah. Yeah, we investigated We investigated. Uh, that in uh, season two of Ghost Hunters, that'd be 2005, I think. Yeah. Does that feel weird to say out loud? 
2005. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have to you think. Know, like, like, when is it? What? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty easy when it was like five, six years, seven, but now it's been almost 20. It definitely. It's yeah, amazing, wow. though. It's amazing. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, it's mm, fabulous. Very lucky. Fabulous in, in every way. And it shows that whatever the approach is, um, that that formula and the way that you're doing is you're doing it right because people are resonating with it and they're engaging and just wanting more in whatever way you have to um, opportunities to share with us. I just wanted Thank to share you. Kathy, Kathy Layton. Um, I stayed in the castle in Ireland late one night. I was walking the halls and peeked through a keyhole in an old door. My hackles went up and I hightailed it out of there. Mm. I'm so the opposite, cool. though. I'm a let's go in. Oh, something growled. Let's go figure out what that was. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. Let's figure it out. Thank you for sharing, yep. Kathy. Same. Uh, but if you're not an investigator, <laughs> you may be like, for the average person, whoa, whoa I'm out of here. Uh, we, uh, yeah. uh, I like to be on our side of, of uh, yeah, the for question. sure. Yeah. Um, Joe is asking any chance of the team coming up to Ontario again to investigate anywhere. How do you filter? How do the shows, how do the locations get filtered or decided upon? It's always uh, a different. Uh, by and large, they come through um, the local TAPS teams. Like we have a, a family of teams across the country. Uh, we'll get them through route, uh, through the, the website. People submit cases through the website. And then uh, there are cases that we personally want to do that we'll put in the mix. Uh, and then there's a bit of like a... a I guess a triage system, you know, mm. uh, once they're all sort of in the, the database, uh, you know, it, is there a, an actual call to action? You know, for instance, mm. uh, a place where people really do need help will go to before a place that's just like, come check out our ghosts. We love oh, it. That's you good. know, um, yeah. that's awesome too. But, you know, we really do want to uh, investigate a place that, not that we won't do the other ones because they're fun for us, but we want to make sure yeah. that, we're getting to the others first. So that children, people that we need to, to really uh, help, you know. Children um, and animals. Families. Yeah, animals for sure. Um, and, and then, and of course, when it comes to the shows, you know, legally it has to be a place that, that and, and logistically there are different things that they, they look at. But for us, uh, we look also at a high frequency of activity um, because we do have to think, uh, in the TV world, we may only be there for a week or two, right? In some cases, like we've talked about, maybe a month, best case. Uh, so if we're going to a place that they say, you know, once every three months this happens, uh, the chances of it happening while we're there are, are pretty slim. So we'll try to, to pick a place where things are happening uh, on, a, on a high frequency, if possible. If not, we'll go anywhere, but... If we can get a place with a high frequency, we'll, we'll choose that over a place with a lower frequency. So I'm just going to scroll through here. So um, one of the questions that I had written down for you is that you've had it. I mean, this career has been almost 30 years. So you've had an opportunity to work with so many different people. Um, 
Is there somebody that you would like to investigate with, but haven't had the opportunity where schedules don't drive or is there, you know, someone that investigates differently that you would like that opportunity so you can see from a different perspective and, and maybe learn something from them? Is there someone that you haven't had an opportunity to work with yet that you would that's feel comfortable question. sharing about? Yeah, no, of course. That, that's a, a great, great question. And I'm super happy to say that uh, just about everybody that I've really wanted to work with uh, I've been able to, um, whether it be, uh, you know, people historically in our field that, yeah. you know, I looked up to, very fortunate to have worked with, you know, the Warrens and, and yeah. Dr. William G. Roll, and, uh, you know, spent some time with some of, of the greats in, in the field. Very fortunate to have been done that. Uh, you know, I, I looked up to, to Jason and, and to great, you know, and, and obviously I've, I've been able to work with him quite, quite a bit, luckily. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people that uh, I would investigate or want to investigate with now, uh, I do. Uh, I get to investigate with Amy and Adam uh, quite often. Awesome. Uh, I get to investigate with uh, my buddies uh, on Project uh, Fear, you know, used to be Destination yeah. Fear. Uh, I get yeah. to, and if I'm not, uh, you know, investigating with them, uh, we're we're hanging out. You know, we're we're getting together. We're talking about things. We're exchanging ideas. Uh, and even if I'm not investigating with uh, Chip Coffee, you know, we'll do an event together, and I get to peek my head in and and listen in on what he's doing and absorb some of quite the things that he does. He is. Oh yeah. And you know, yeah. I, I looked up to John Zaffis, and I get to work with him. Uh, you know, occasionally and. and course there are some others i would love to be able to work with uh, lloyd auerbach uh, you know he's somebody that i've always looked uh -huh. up to and and i have been able to talk with him um but we've never investigated together or worked together cl closely um but I i'm super fortunate that most of the people that i i want to work with i get to you know ghost brothers love those guys and and we've been able to investigate together a bunch of times um yeah so it's it's uh, really but how how really blessed cool. you must feel that that your passions can be your profession and not many people get to say that right yeah it's uh a blessing uh and i don't mean that in you know any sense other than it literally is a life blessing uh you know uh, it really really is and uh i pinch Have myself you... all the time I bet. Have you thought about, you know, that there are people um, coming into uh, the paranormal community that are looking at you as that person that is on their bucket list of they hope they get to investigate with someday? Yeah, yeah, that's um, always crazy to hear. It really is. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I feel kind of sad in a way that the TV world is kind of left some of us not very accessible in that regard, you know, which is uh, why I love sometimes we'll do events, you know, where mm -hmm. uh, we'll just get to be somewhere with 200 investigators and investigate a place and learn from each other and, and exchange ideas and theories. And those are always, I think, my favorite interactions because that's when you'll get to hear like, wow. You know, I've always wanted to be able to, to spend some time and, and pick your brain and investigate together. And that's what we did this last hour. And, and they really, 
and, and those uh, types of things are really cool, but it's weird to think well, about. And, and this, doing, you know, making yourself available to do these interviews and, and connecting with people, this, this matters too. So those people that are needing to hear those little snippets that you share through this is um, appreciated as well too. Oh, um, please. Uh, yeah, gosh. Uh, just going to share this really quick. Um, Sandy is Sandy Edwards is sharing their stories of a haunted restaurant. It was an old coach hotel in Orangeville, Ontario. The restaurant was called Greystones when I lived there. Sandy, I actually did events at Greystones. I did a few Dining with the Dead events, and then we did um, a Halloween event where I toured people around, and we... Um, Greystones was definitely uh, an interesting place and, and uh, active. You didn't have to do much to have anything happen, actually. Just say, hi, we're here, and they would interact. Greystones definitely has a, a neat history to it. And it's just a restaurant? It, I, I don't like know if it's even open anymore. It, it was an old limestone building and it had a really rich history to it. Limestone buildings in mm. themselves and older building is, is just exciting. Then add the history to it. Um, mm -hmm. Bianca is sharing, uh, Steve, I've had the pleasure of reading your book, loved your stories and learning more about the paranormal world. I hope you'll write a second yeah. book. My husband and I are planning on joining a group of paranormal investigators in the near future. This being our first time, do you have advice for us? Oh, first time ever. Yeah, I would say, of course, uh, make sure you keep a great deal of common sense about you. Um, try not to sort of get overexcited uh, in terms of being scared or really being too excited. Uh, try to disprove things when you can and learn a lot of the little things that could uh, really be uh, causing you to maybe misinterpret some things, you know, and I think those types of things you wouldn't quite think of uh, are very valuable. Uh, like, for instance, rubbing your eyes in the dark, you know, you'll create uh, what's known as phosphenes and there'll be the flashes of light in your eyes and, and uh, they'll last up to 40, 45 minutes without you even realizing it. So, you know, as an investigator, if you're not thinking about that and you rub your eyes and then half hour later, do you ever remember you rubbed your eyes? I, you know, I wouldn't uh, see so maybe like, what is this? You know, but keeping those little tips and tidbits in your head, um, you know, you could be like, Oh, wait a minute. Let me wait until I'm done investigating or, now I know for the next half hour, I can't really pay much attention to anything visual here in, in the dark. Um, I think those things are, are pretty valuable because uh, in the beginning, I think a lot of people struggle. I certainly did uh, with misinterpreting experiences. So anytime you can do things to help uh, yourself with that and also uh, read books. Oh, uh, I was just going to ask if you have essential reading list. I do. I have a lot. Um, uh, I would say first and foremost would be uh, this one, ESP Hauntings and Poltergeists, a parapsychologist handbook by Lloyd Auerbach. Um, yeah. I've had this since I think I was 12 maybe. Um, and I still read it uh, to this day. Uh, so I would say this one for sure 
and uh, a lot of the books out there are great. You know, Jay has put out some books that are, are fantastic. Uh, Amy has a, a book out there that's great. Adam just put out a book that's fantastic. Uh, and they all have uh, a different sort of perspective to things. This one's very much, you know, driven by parapsychology and the scientific method uh, with a strong belief in ESP as well. Uh, of course, Lloyd is, is a believer in, in that sort of thing. And uh, his teachings in here reflect that. But uh, also, uh, you know, his method and, and what he lays out in this book uh, could set the foundation uh, for any team uh, and to this day, even though this book was written, you know, uh, gosh, I think it was in the early, early 80s, uh, but uh, can still work as a great foundation for a new team. I, I feel too being okay to, uh, it's going to, maybe I, I'm going to phrase this wrong, incorrectly or inappropriately, like try people out. <laughs> you may not jive with certain people and finding a groove that feels right and, and like you say, balance each other out. Um, so, you know, when you're first, first starting, you know, being okay to have those boundaries about what feels right for you and what doesn't feel right for you in approaches and um you know the, that first group may not be right but the second may absolutely you're absolutely right and quite honestly you know when i i first started working with uh back then the, the team wasn't called taps it was called uh, rhode island paranormal uh started talking with jay and and uh one thing that I always admired about, uh, you know, the way that he ran that team was um, you don't have to investigate the way I do. You know, that would be his, his flaw. You know, I don't care. It's not, uh, maybe I'll learn something from you. Hmm. Maybe you'll, you know, there are certain, he's not going to let you like do, you know, none of us are going to like, you, know, you can't just run amok and do crazy stuff, you know, but uh, he wanted everybody to really just investigate the way that they wanted to. And, and, uh, the, the TAPS team was has always been, uh, for lack of a better term, a melting pot. Uh, you know, just different types of investigators, different types of techniques and protocols and and procedures. And, and you know, uh, we even have uh, people who, who specialize in, in demonology and a lot of different facets to the team. And uh, you really have to all be able. Uh, but aside from getting along, I guess, in what you would consider you know, paranormal politics that way, you know, all getting along no matter your beliefs and how you investigate that sort of thing. Uh, like you mentioned, jiving personally, mm -hmm. you know, you all need to get along because the ghosts uh, may not be there, but yeah. you and your teammates, you can go to a location, spend a week, a lot of long hours. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. Long hours can be a lot of fun, but that's if you like the people you're with. Can you imagine yeah. all day and night in one room? Like, God, I can't wait to get out of here with this guy or girl. <laughs> like, it would be terrible. Uh, you got to really like the people you're investigating with. Yeah. And, yeah, ethically. Like, you know, know your own moral compass and ethical compass and, and feeling comfortable with the people that you're, that you're with for that, for that reason. Absolutely. So many good books, though. Uh, Poltergeist by Dr. William G. Roll as well is, is a really good one for the beginners if we're still on that question i don't remember but yeah 
Laura Lee is just commenting where I live in Thunder Bay, Northwestern Ontario, Canada has insane activity, hauntings, cryptids, UAPs. And she is just sharing, I believe we're so active here due to the large First Nations history with the Hudson Bay Company as well as being located on a large magnetic shield in Lake Superior. Oh, okay. It definitely could be. You know, what's interesting about being uh, on a lake is that, or any large body of water, uh, there was a theory, and, and I think a lot of investigators may still believe that large body of water can act as a, a bit of a, uh, I guess, a, a catalyst or, or a bit of some fuel. It's for a conductor. Activity. Well, conductor for sure, um, but it can't produce any energy in and of itself. You know, the laws of science, the yeah. earth cannot produce its own charge. It's so, but if lightning hits that body of water, um, now you have quite a charge for a brief moment of time. It dissipates very quickly. But if you have those circumstances, say on Lake Superior, you have one of those super storms and there's a lightning bolt hitting the water every 10 minutes, you know, you look at that sort of weather weather pattern and I wouldn't be surprised if you see a spike in activity during a storm like that. Um, well, but being next to, what's that? I'm sorry. Oh, just uh, how many uh, ships have sunk in Lake Superior. Oh, yeah. gosh. The history attached to Lake Superior is wild, wild. Whoa. So the amount of ships that have sunk is is huge. And it it I forget, Laura, Laura Lee, you might be able to remind me. It has it's it's like an ocean. It's so deep in the amount of water that's actually in Lake Superior itself. It's wow. not just like a lake. It's it's you know you're thinking like a lake. This is a yes, massive. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My dad, like I grew up in Northern Ontario as well too. Um, and I grew up hearing um, uh, that Lake Superior doesn't give up her dead. That's, that's the phrase that I grew up hearing was Lake Superior doesn't Ooh. give up her dead. So there's a, there's, wow. yes. Yeah. That's a, an ominous uh, phrase. <laughs> it is ominous, well, right? I, it's yeah. powerful. When you watch, even watching videos of, the waves coming in on Lake Superior, it's, it's just powerful. And yeah. this time of year um, uh, is actually surfer season because the waves are so high. So they have these wet suits because it's so cold, but, and there's ice dripping off them. It's actually amazing. You should search it later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds beautiful. Almost sounds okay. like a frozen, a little bit of a, yeah, Disney Winter Wonderland there. Yeah, well, it it sometimes it doesn't freeze because it's it's just moving so much. Um, and the personal haunting. Yeah, have you guys ever run into elementals or cryptids, or has that ever come up in investigations? You know, um, UAPs. There is sure not not too much with. There have been a few cases when we, um, not us personally, but, you know, the clients thought maybe there was some UFO activity. Uh, right. We've investigated that and called in some, you know, some experts in that field, you know, like Ben Hansen and some other uh, folks uh, from uh, MUFON and, and other investigators we've tapped into um, 
It's so fascinating. Uh, we've got into cryptids for sure. We'll investigate anything um, because even if you personally don't believe in it, yeah. that doesn't matter. It, it's if the person who had the experience truly believes and they're not lying to you. That's all that because you just want to figure out the truth, whether we'll either, you know, find the cryptid or find what the person actually experienced uh, as long as the, you know, getting to the truth of it is what's important. So whether, you know, and that even goes with, with the ghost world, you know, if uh, even if I personally don't believe that this person had this crazy experience, you know, if a client they have tells me that they saw this head with green flames coming out of the eyes, you know, I, it's something I'm likely not going to believe like they really saw it in the environment physically but that doesn't matter uh, do, do they really believe it that they experience that and if they do then that's all that's important you need to help them figure out what it is that they uh, really think that they saw uh, cryptid that world is so fascinating um, mm -hmm. we've done a lot of investigating around here in the uh, Bridgewater Triangle, uh, which is known to have a lot of cryptid and UFO activity. And um, a little quick side note, we investigated, we got a Pentagon clearance once, which was kind of awesome to have That's those meetings in the Pentagon. It, yeah, and, and I think we're still the only paranormal team to ever have Pentagon clearance. Um, and we had to go to these meetings, like, you know, do that. But we ended up investigating it's why we did that, but investigating Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Mm. And um, it was awesome, but this part is true for all you UFO or UAP, whatever they want to say now, uh, nuts out there. You'll know what Hangar 18 is, uh, which is from the Roswell crash and these other, and even if you don't believe in the Roswell crash, it still is in the lore, you know, Hangar 18 is where they would store any identified sort of craft or, or uh you know, uh, technologies that we don't know of. And this is the honest truth. And uh, I didn't tell this story for a long time, but um, just because you never know. But now everybody's talking about this stuff, so yeah. you don't know. The first thing they did is they lined us up on the tarmac, uh, all these military dudes like and gals, you know, they were, and they're very menacing, you know. Uh, they were very big, all of them with a lot of guns and a lot of gear. Intimidating. And yes, intimidating, but they were intimidating us because they really wanted us to know that they would kill us. And that's the honest truth. They said, hey, uh, we need you guys to understand. You see this yellow line up there in the tarmac? And I said, yeah, honest truth. They said, uh, if any of you goes within a foot of that line, it certainly touches it. Uh, it's two in the chest and one in the head. And we're like, oh, yeah, sure. And they're like, no, no, you need to understand. It's two in the chest and one of the head, no questions. Like it's no, it just happens. You can't go anywhere, no matter what. Sure, yeah, of course. And again, he says, no, I need everybody to understand how serious this is. I went to lunch with the snipers out there and they'll kill me if I go next to that line. And it's hangar 18 out there on the other side of this line. Wow. And so we're all like, what are they trying to keep from there? You know. And this is another truth to that story is, we had uh, military MP dudes tell us, like, you need to come back here, like, meet us here, talk to us, come. We have things here that we don't, like, we need to tell somebody this is crazy. And we're all like this. Why are you telling us? <laughs> you know, like, 
it's weird how if people know your work, the boundaries that get dropped, you know, and uh, yes. it was pretty, uh, pretty awesome. And then they showed us a laser. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about this either. They told us it was a back engineered weapon system. Back then, I didn't even know what back engineered meant. Yeah. And uh, it was I don't today, but I'll be Googling uh, later. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, it uh, zapped this cinder block in the distance and blew a hole in it. And we were like, whoa, this is crazy laser. Um, but they told us, you know, it wasn't for like villainous reasons. They said, if this ever makes it onto our fighter jets, it'll be a way to pinpoint enemies with zero civilian fatality. You know, that's what they were excited about. They're like, the application for this means zero civilian fatalities. Right. There's somebody in a, you know, in another government we want to zap, we just get those people. And I was like, okay. But I, I really think they were working on some sort of villainous, who knows, with the government. But. I had an opportunity to go to um, a military base. It was sort of like a pre-walk through uh, investigation, sort of a pre-walk through. So I had, it, but it was on like a museum part. And so I was going through the museum and I'm doing my thing the way that I do it. And then they shut down the investigation. <laughs> they wouldn't let us go back on. And they, they cited it was potentially um, a privacy breach. Oh. <laughs> what they what they said and everybody on the team was sort of frustrated and a little irritated with me but i mean no one i was just doing what i was supposed to be doing in the space and then we weren't allowed to go back <laughs> we weren't allowed to go back but well, it made me want to dig hiding? in more <laughs> That's right it's the puzzle. there's always a reason don't put a puzzle in front of me mm -hmm. <laughs> don't tell a paranormal investigator no. Exactly. Because <laughs> like, we're going to be like, what do you don't mean? Don't look behind no, the curtain. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, uh, so if you believe in UFOs, I'm telling you the, that, that that all, they really told us that. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. And that was Hangar 18. That was back there. Aw, thanks, Angela. I think. Um, I'd love to see you and the ghost hunters get together and do an investigation. Sometimes it's a scheduling mm. thing. Sometimes that's true. Scheduling. Yes. <laughs> um, this is fascinating. Laura Lee is just showing this is fascinating. I understand what Steve's talking about regarding back engineered. So I will be looking that up later. So I am more educated. She knows. Oh, yes. Um, very sometimes, I, sometimes I think I'm better off not knowing certain things, though, because once you know, you can't unknow. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of things <laughs> you're probably better off uh, not knowing. Uh, but uh, gosh, if aliens are real, our government is like my brother would say they are. My brother certainly saw something that was outside of the box when we were growing up, for sure. And where we grew up, there was a lot of that oral history attached to it as well, too. Like, of um, lights in the sky and cryptids. Northern Ontario is like a whole other world, for mm. sure. Um, I appreciate I appreciate you spending your 
uh, evening, day after Thanksgiving. Uh, I appreciate you coming and sharing your stories. Um, of course. Thank you. Please. My pleasure. Um, very nice of you uh, to want to have me on and talk about uh, all things paranormal and fun. And of course, a life book. with ghosts. Thank you. Yeah, it's it is a, a great read for many reasons because it's layered. Just like how you enjoy your investigations, it's layered. It's not just about the ghost stories. It's about the connections and personal um, growth, even personal growth and what you learned. Yeah, uh, like you share that in there as well too, which uh, I think is brilliant. So, thank you everybody that joined us. Um, in the chat today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, thanks for being a part of the show and all the great questions that you asked and comments uh, that you made. Um, and I would, I would love to hear from you guys. So if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, uh, you can email me. It's carolyn.shellhorn at gmail.com. And next week on the show, we, we, as I mentioned earlier, we have Jeff uh, Belanger on. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a pre-record, but I'm going to hang out with you guys in the chat and we can chat at the same time and watch it together. And I have to tell you, there's some cringy. I'm just letting you know there's some cringy moments because I messed up saying his name because I wanted to do it Canadian and Belanger. Belanger, I messed it up <laughs> right at the beginning and a couple of words throughout. I misspelled or mispronounced so I'm gonna hang out and just own it <laughs> ride ride the wave with you guys through that so um, I hope that you guys can join us next week as well too and I'll hang out with you in the chat everyone's just saying thank you amazing show um, thanks for being here all the best and keep up doing what you're doing so great comments everybody thank you so much and you have been listening to us live on the united public radio network and the ufo paranormal radio network 105.3 and 107.7 have a great week everybody see you next week <laughs>